everyone and welcome to another Scotch Wahey podcast and today I'm joined by um, iWrite programmer Bob McDevitt. Hello Bob. Hello Alec, nice to be here. Um, I guess what I'd like to start is just talking about what that title means. What does it mean to be a programmer of a literary festival? Well I think, so iWrite's one of three festivals that I programme and they're all different uh, so actually the job can be quite a different thing um, and for the three festivals that I programme um, there are different versions of the same uh, job. So, the, first of all, I suppose I would say I'm not uh, on my own. So, it's never a never a, 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 a dictatorship. <laughs> so, I, uh, there's uh, with I write. Um, there's a, a steering group. So, we have uh, a, a bunch of people who meet uh, fairly regularly, and that's comprised of authors, publishers, some uh, book industry people publishing Scotland. Uh, Creative Scotland are in there um, and every year very early on so probably just towards the end of September for the following year we'll get together look at um, things like what anniversaries we might be um, marking uh, any authors that we're particularly keen to get along any themes any uh, strands in the festival anything we want to do differently we'll talk about the previous year maybe things that didn't work things that did work bit more of that, bit less of that, that kind of thing. So it's quite an interesting meeting for me uh, at, at that point. Uh, and then what happens is I start to speak to publishers. So having got my ideas and my themes ready, I'll uh, go round the Scottish publishers. Publishers Scotland are very helpful. They usually organise me a wee speed dating session, which is quite <laughs> nice. Going to see a lot of uh, Scottish publishers very quickly in 20-minute slots. Um, we try and take at least a title from all the publishers I see. I think if someone goes to the bother of um, pitching and putting, sure. a, putting a, a presentation to us, uh, we take at least one of their titles. Uh, so I feel quite strongly about that in terms of Scottish publishing. And then I will go to London and tour the mixture of the bigger houses. So go to all the HarperCollins and Hachettes and Transworlds and random houses. Uh, but I also think it's important to see some of the smaller boutique publishers as well. So go to Profile and Atlantic and Fable and you know, some of the... Just trying to get a, a nice mix into the programme. Sure. Um, it's interesting, I think, that you go to the Scottish publishers first, because um, what I feel about iWrite is um, it's certainly international in, in the way that it looks, and you get lots, and you have this year, but lots of um, people coming from abroad, but it does have that kind of Scottish heart to it. Yeah, it's, it's actually a much less international, it's much less international than Edinburgh. Yeah, sure, well, of course. iWrite, I, 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 a wee bit of the history of iWrite, it's, it's very much grown out of Glasgow City Council and the Glasgow Libraries. Uh, who support the festival? So you know, it's not a, it's, it doesn't have a big, um, a big money sponsor. It doesn't have a title sponsor. The festival is very much of the council and of the library, the Glasgow Library. So it, it traditionally has been a very Glasgow-centred festival. Um, it's, Glasgow writers have always been very important yeah. uh, to the mix. So a lot of uh, a lot of people have got their start at, at iWrite, people who have gone on to, to be much bigger names, people like Louise Welsh and Graham McCray-Burnett and people like that who have started uh, with uh, maybe a debut session on a small panel at iWrite. And the other thing about the, the city is it features very heavily in the non-fiction yeah. at the festival, but always lots of very good local history, um, social history, uh, biographies being of Glaswegian, uh, whether it's sports people or musicians or writers or artists, yeah. uh, they've always featured very strongly. So, um, although you're right, and there, there are always, you know, we've got writers from Iceland and from Norway, yeah. and it's, it's actually quite a Scottish festival, it's actually quite a... Uh, I've spoken to quite a few who 
have he said well I you know went from writing my book in the cafe yeah, to yeah, eventually yeah. you know yeah. talking about it on stage I think quite a few people because uh, there are the paid for um, ticketed events but there's also a lot of community yeah. free events as I think people will have started maybe coming to free event and there's also a lot of creative writing sessions so um, every year different sessions on novel writing, writing for TV, writing for radio, writing poetry, poetry master classes, things like the mirror ball, uh, poetry night. So I think a lot of people will have um, got a start or got, we hope, some inspiration from coming along to... to so I mean, having a, it's, uh, the centre of it is always at the Metro Library, which I take it was almost essential. The first 10 years, it was all at the Mitchell. Yeah. And then the last, this is my fourth year programme, and it's gradually seeped out into the city <laughs> so uh, and uh, I mean the reasons the reasons for that are, 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 are many uh, partly uh, there are rooms at the Mitchell that we can't use anymore so the Mitchell library isn't quite as usable as a, ve a venue as it once was okay so there's a couple of building issues uh, with the Mitchell which we hope will be resolved at some point in the future but at the moment we can't use for example the main hall <coughs> the big lovely main hall which we used to use that's out of action at the moment so that um, meant we had to look for similar size venues elsewhere in the city um, and also there was this idea of taking the festival to the people of the city um, using other cultural venues so places like the GFT this year CCA where yep. we're sitting at the moment this is one of our venues we're using tramway this year we're using the city halls uh, and the concert hall and what that's allowed us to do uh, this year with all the different venues is to interact with lots of different audiences so using somewhere like tramway for, a, for an example um, tramway is quite a different audience to the usual Mitchell I write audience yeah. so by being in the tramway program and on their social media and um, having posters up at tramway it's taking us to a whole, a whole different audience similarly with the GFT it takes us so we, the event that we've got in the GFT is a film screening with an author talking so it's Nick Trickwell talking about uh, the film Get Carter yeah. um, so it's quite a nice little mixture of the two worlds you know so mixing the film cultural audience with the book cultural audience which probably aren't that far apart and also I think just you know branching out to different areas of the city you get some stuff at the Glasgow Union Chapel so you, yep. you know into the West End and as you know there are people that don't maybe like to get a newspaper <laughs> to get outside the West End similarly being in the tramway myself being in the south side I know some people go oh it's around the corner for me I'm going to go to something there so I think it is definitely a positive the slight problem for me is I can't be everywhere so, yeah. so it's a real it's a real shame because when everything was in the Mitchell I would run around, run around slightly daft, trying to see at least ten minutes of everything, and I've, I've just, I've had to make my peace with it yeah. this year. I, 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 I can't, I can't, I just can't, I can't be everywhere. So it's a shame that it really is, because yeah. obviously when you've invited authors to come, it's very nice to do them because to see them uh, being there for at least a little bit of their, of their talk. Um, but we're going to try, I'm going to try and look at the rotor. Um, look at the schedule and work out where uh, sort of most need to be. So going back to that idea of it being a Glasgow-based festival, as um, it's grown and it's got better known, were you ever um, tempted to, to change the focus of it or maybe, you know, go for American writers or, you know? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the focus does change every year. So I, I would say even the four, the four festivals that I've programmed mm -hmm. have all had, we've had different ideas, new strands, 
different things do come up. So, so for example, in 2015, when there was a Scottish election, we had the leaders of the five main parties come and do. So we have a strand called the Books That Made Me, where we ask non-writers, so people who aren't known for being writers, perhaps comedians or artists or musicians, uh, to come along and pick five books that have been instrumental in, in their own lives. And that year, we uh, had the, the, the leader of the five political parties to come along and pick their books. It's quite an interesting thing, that, because, you know, you're, you're asking these people to be human beings and not be, you know, politicians for an hour, which was quite, I thought, quite an interesting, you know, glimpse into their, their, their lives. So, so we, do, we do have things every year that are, uh, that are different. We um, started the Icon series a couple yeah. of years ago, which is uh, an attempt to look at, I always hesitate to say a younger market, but a slightly younger market, graphic novels, comics, um, fantastic fiction, um, and that's that's been pulling in a different audience again. So it's a, I think the programme does change. It's interesting um, when I started um, spending the news about what was going on this year. It was the icon stuff, which people were from all over Scotland were saying, okay, because yeah. it's a, it's a big readership. It's, yeah, I think, and, then, yeah. and maybe people don't realise what a big readership that it is. Yeah. Um, so so very very interesting. The, the slight problem you ask about. Uh, visiting Americans and interested is that we don't have an enormous travel budget so I think you need to be a slightly uh, bigger and slightly more well-heeled festival before you can start inviting people to come from the US um, you occasionally luck out and somebody happens to be on a, a promotional tour uh, just as the festival happens and you might get someone come across but uh, we don't we don't have uh, very deep pockets to, uh, to bring people over so that's one of the slight problems so talk about the, the, the other strands um, happening. I think you've kept on the books that books that made me, books that made me happening again this year. Yeah, we've got uh, Jackie Kay. So Jackie's been at the festival many times before, and we thought it'd be quite interesting to get her talking this year about books that have inspired her, rather than talking. Obviously, this will be the first festival she's done. At, um, she uh, did the Mackers event last year when yeah. she'd just been announced as the Scottish Macker, so we thought quite a nice time to get her talking uh, about uh, books that made her. Um, and we've also asked Adele Patrick, yes. uh, Dr. Adele Patrick from Glasgow Women's Library. Um, lots of stuff in the programme this year. It's a hundred years since some women got their vote. Uh, you know, I'm sure you've been aware of all the endless publicity. We've got Helen Pankhurst, who was the um, great granddaughter of Emmeline Pankhurst at the festival this year. So we thought Adele, uh, one of the founders of Glasgow Women's Library, very nice to get her talking about uh, her favourite books. Uh, we've got Amar Anwar, uh, the, the human rights lawyer, um, again, who's been at the festival before in a different capacity. I've uh, got him talking about the books uh, that made me. And we've got uh, Sir James McMillan, the composer. Uh, he's actually one of the opening events on Thursday. Um, so he's... Uh, again, quite a controversial figure, interesting figure in Scottish culture. So really fascinating, fascinated to see uh, what he um, comes up with. Uh, and there are strands, even if they're not maybe official. You know, like there's music. I mean, iTunes. 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 Yeah. That was one of my puns. You can blame <laughs> me for that one. Uh, we've got iTunes uh, this so year. So yeah, music's always been a, always been an important part. Uh, over the years, a lot of you know. A lot of good people have um, appeared at the festival. Uh, Tracy Thorne from Everything But The Girl and um, uh, Peter Hook from New Order we had a couple of years ago. And so uh, it's always been nice to have these. So yeah, this year we've got Brett Anderson yep. from uh, Suede. Um, I've just finished reading his book. It's great. It's uh, not what I expected, actually. It's a, a proper book. It's a proper childhood memoir. Really interesting. He's only two years younger than myself. Uh, so I found that I absolutely... Um, identified with all the cultural references and 
uh, what have you to the book so that, that's a really good one we've got a terrific uh, tribute event to Michael Mara uh, so this is a sort of companion event to the event that was at, on at Celtic Connections yeah. this year so James Robertson's published this uh, lovely unusual memoir of Mara um, where he speaks to a lot of Mara's friends um, the, the book is a beautifully illustrated book it contains a lot of Mara's artwork and uh, talks about his um, work as an actor and a writer and writing for theatre as well as a songwriter um, so Celtic Connections had a lovely event this year with Alice Mara Michael's mm -hmm. daughter and Kareem Power and Rab Noakes doing a sort of musical um, appreciation of his life and what we've got is James with Liz Lockhead doing a sort of books and a writing lyrics version of the event so they'll be in conversation with Janice Forsyth uh, talking about uh, Michael Mara so very much looking forward to that when I went to the Celtic Connections event it was just uh, yeah, because for those who don't know Michael Mara stuff, he's as much poet as he was as musician, I mean, he, he's incredible. Absolutely, and, and what came across very strongly at the, the Celtic Connections of it was this, you know, wicked sense of humour and wicked, you know, uh, just a, 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 a tremendous thirst for knowledge and culture and, you know, just interested in absolutely anything and everything. Uh, so I think, I think that will be... Um, uh, a very good one. We have the fun-loving crime writers, yes, uh, which yeah. is, I don't know, your listeners may or may not know about that, but this is a super group that has been formed by uh, a bunch of crime writers, so Val McDermott, uh, the great Val McDermott on lead vocals, uh, Chris Brookmeyer, who you all know, uh, Mark Billingham, Luca Vesti, Stuart Neville and Doug Johnson on drums, uh, and they're really good, I have to say, they're better than I thought they were well, going to be. Well, I know Doug <laughs> as a musician as well, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good time. Well, they, they opened Bloody Scotland for us last year and I, 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 I thought that, I thought it would be about my pub band you know like, and I, actually they're pretty tight they're pretty tight they're good musicians and a, a nice selection of uh, tunes so their songs have all got a criminal theme so they cover things like Psycho Killer and uh, Watching the Detectives and uh, A Lover But I Had to Kill Her and so the, the, the songs have all got a, a criminal uh, theme to them so they're pretty good and that's one of our that's one of our Friday night uh, tramway uh, so again, something a wee bit different for I write, not not uh, not an obviously bookish event, but you know I think interesting for an I write audience. Talked a little bit about your program um, as a whole, but what about individual events? Um, how difficult it is to get the right balance uh, yeah. of, of uh, writers in events? Well, I mean I've I've gone to a lot of events over the years. I, I, as you say, I'm involved with two other festivals. I do a lot of cheering at Edinburgh. Um, I used to work at the Dundee Literary Festival. Uh, way back in my ancient history, I used to be an events programmer for Waterstone, so I started um, off doing book events uh, at the um, Edinburgh East End branch of Waterstones, um, and it drives me crazy when I see uh, badly paired uh, sessions at other festivals. You know, sometimes you see two authors and think, why on earth are these? I don't understand. There's no no obvious theme. Well, there's nothing. Or, yeah, and people don't get on and don't like each other, and sometimes I've been chairing something and thought, well, I don't really know why these people have been put together. So I do spend quite a lot of time trying to think, you know, are the books complementary to each other? And if they are from different points of view, is that interesting in itself? So you know, we, uh, there's nothing more boring than two people who just spend the whole hour going, yeah, that's what I think too. So, you know, I try and avoid that. So, uh, And also I think the... I think the iWrite audience like a, a wee bit of a ramy, they like a wee bit of a, you know, a little bit of, you know, uh -huh. a bit of controversy and a bit of, um, uh, a, a wee bit of a fight, so I try and put things that are a little bit, 
you know you might get different points of view um, coming across. Uh, but yeah, no, so we, we do spend quite a lot of time. Um, you are tied by what's published, so it's of quite it's are. quite a, it's quite a difficult. That is the, the most difficult part of programming the festival is that you your festival is only ever going to be as good as the books that are out. We don't have an absolute hard and fast rule that everything has to be a brand new published book. So you can't, you know, there, there are elements where you think, oh, that new book that's just been published goes very well with a book that came out two years ago. Yeah. So we'll stick them together. So you can do a little bit about that. Um, not too much, though. I think, I think, in order for the festival to feel current and and as if it's responding to, you know, the headlines and what, you know what people are actually talking about now, putting a book that came out three years ago and something may have changed and things may have moved on maybe feels a bit wrong so and over the years that you've either been going or um, programming have you seen the audiences change the people that turn up uh, I, th I think book festival audiences are quite reliable yeah they look pretty the same to me whichever festival I go to which is interesting in Scotland you know um, to a fault perhaps you know that we, we set I think we could certainly do with being a little bit more diverse. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the audiences are very white and very middle class, and very, you know. So I, I think um, that is something we should be thinking about. Um, last year with iWrite, we started a community ticketing program. So this was a an initiative uh, working through the library's community teams, um, trying to get people to come to the festival who perhaps hadn't come for whatever reason before and those reasons were varied um, the Mitchell Library is a funny building for some people that uh, some people feel it's not for them and it's, yeah. it's, a, it's an exclusive you know because it's posh looking it looks a bit like the Albert Hall it's got a dome and you know it's, it's not, some people think well we, you know people like me aren't supposed to go into that building so we try to, to overcome that um, our tickets cost money you know yeah, and, yeah. And, and not everyone can afford nine pounds or ten pounds for, for a, an hour session with an author so we try to mitigate that try to offer a certain amount of free tickets to the community teams to people who uh, perhaps couldn't afford to come to the festival uh, and simple geography as well some people just don't come into the town depending on where they live sure. uh, so, so we're we have tried uh, quite hard worked pretty well last year um, we've actually had almost twice as much uptake this year as we had last year so Fantastic. it's looking quite good um, and we target, targeted some specific communities this year we have um, Saida Varsi uh, um, uh, Baroness Varsi uh, uh, Tory Peer coming she was very keen to connect with the Muslim community of Glasgow so we've done quite a bit of work working with the Muslim communities trying to uh, deliver on an audience for home. So I think it is important to think about those things. Um, sure. Although, having said all of that, you obviously your festival is going to be a success based on who buys the tickets. So yeah, yeah, you don't yeah, want to you don't want to turn away your sure. core audience. You don't want you know to program a festival that's so out there and so radical that, that, that all the people who normally like coming to Ireland feel um, excluded from it. So it's a again it's a tricky one. Um, I think it's something you should be mindful of, but you know try and. Have you ever put um, something on and said, well, I'm not sure if this is going to work? And actually, not only has it worked, but you've looked around the audience and went, this isn't our usual group that you've actually yeah. to bring so, people in. So, I, I, I mean, I think probably in every programme there'll be two or three things that are a wee bit of a risk that are 
for, for exactly that for exactly that reason. I mean, I suppose the band that I was just talking about, Fun Loving Climate, is a little bit like that because it's not a book event really, and it's not you know, and you know, I don't know whether a, a couple of hours of, of rock and roll is what I write audiences want um, on a Friday night. I'm glad to say it's selling quite well, so yeah. it does appear, it appears to be that, that, that that's worked quite well. Um, a couple of years ago, we had George and Panga, you know, George the poet. Yes. Uh, he was actually just on Question Time last night, watching him, uh, and he came along. That he was something quite different from, from I write. Um, and what you're saying rings true because that was a very different audience. It was a younger audience. It was a more racially diverse audience. Um, he definitely brought. He brought. Uh, I mean, he's a, a rapper, a musician, as well as a poet. So he yeah. brought that younger music uh, crowd along to the event. So. I think I think you've got to take chances on some of these things. If you, otherwise, the festival would stagnate and would be exactly the same every year. So I, th- I think we do try and we do try and uh, find uh, new and interesting things. And do you approach I write differently than you do Bloody Scotland and you're saying the Pilotry? Pilotry Winter Awards, yeah. yeah. So yes, the, the festivals have all got a really uh, different personality. So Bloody Scotland, because it's a genre festival, because it's a crime writing festival, it's it benefits from that incredibly passionate uh, readership. So crime, crime readers and crime writers uh, have this, you know, lovely uh, romantic <laughs> thing going on where the, 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 the readers just can't get enough of the, yeah. the crime fiction so uh, you know, these writers are often, del- often delivering a book every year, some are delivering two books a year, different, you know, uh, under different nom de plumes um, and the, the, the crime audience just laps it up so it, it's got a real party atmosphere, it's a one weekend in Stirling, it's also a destination festival, so people tend to go to Stirling uh, for Bloody Scotland in a way that I write isn't a destination. Yes, I write's sure. mostly attended by Glaswegians. Uh, we have a little bit of a little bit of travel, but not that much. Uh, Bloody Scotland's the other way around. It's almost yeah. almost everyone has gone to Stirling, so they've gone for a weekend and they're there to have a good time. Um, Put Lockyer into is different again. It's a slightly older audience. It's a Perthshire. You know, um, uh, quite nice, lots of tweed. Uh, but it's a lovely festival. I love that again. It's a weekend festival. It's a lovely place to go. What a lovely beautiful place to have set. A book festival, yeah. Beautiful setting, and ev- every author, uh, w- without exception, who comes up mentions something about the location of that theatre. It's beautiful, you know, right on the river. Uh, it was snowy this year as well. It's even even more beautiful in a winter wonderland outside. Um, it's a festival that's done very well traditionally with non-fiction. With um, it's tied to the Banff Mountain Film Festival, so. Uh, quite a lot of um, adventuring. We do well with climbing events. It's had people like Chris Bonington, Neil Oliver, those kind of headliners yeah. do, do yeah. well. We had Cameron McNeish this year, Paul Martin, uh, both of them are at I, right? And Cameron uh, book I'm just reading at the moment, yeah. it's very, very good. So um, they, they do very well with that kind of thing, not so well with fiction. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, they struggle a little bit with it. Although, having said that, we had Sally Magnuson this year with uh, the Sue Woman's Gift Her and Icelandic saga. Yes. Also, uh, right. Uh, and she had a good audience, but obviously well known from the telly. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and a, a go back to I right. You've got a lot of kids' events as well every year. Uh, we write it's a separate festival, so um, I don't program We write. So my colleague Margaret Houston uh, programs the We Write Festival. Uh, we were scuppered this year by the snow, I'm afraid. So uh, the whole we write should have been last weekend, been last weekend. Uh, and it was all cancelled this year because of oh. the, the, the snow. So not such a good story. Oh, this year. Okay. Uh, we but are going to re- years, <laughs> we are going to reschedule. Yeah. So uh, the idea is to 
put it all on. So everything that was going to be on last weekend, we're looking for a weekend in uh, late May, early June, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll do it again. Uh, in previous years, it's been great. Yeah, so we've, we've had Julia Donaldson, Mary Hedowick, uh, we had, um, uh, yeah, so it's usually a nice mix of uh, big name children authors and then, you know, the science of Star Wars. We would have had the uh, 80th anniversary of the Beano this year, had had it gone ahead. Uh, so yeah, it's always a, a really nice mix and it's lovely seeing the Mitchell Library full of uh, full of kids for the, for the, for the family days. Um, we have had the schools programme this week, so the, the schools managed to uh, miss the snow, so that's been happening all this week, so it's been quite nice. We had um, and I guess really important for the future of not just I write, but you know, um, anyone involved in books in Scotland. Get them while they're young. Get them, Get them while they're absolutely. Uh, I mean, it, 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 it's really interesting. We were talking about this just, just yesterday how, I suppose, people my age, when we were going, we never met authors. I don't ever remember. I don't ever remember authors coming into school to talk to us, or yeah, I, I, it, it just wasn't something we did. And I think kids, kids these days, um, there's a lot of opportunities. I think a lot of authors go into schools to do events. There are children's festivals in Edinburgh. Look at, look at the stuff that's on at the Edinburgh International Book Festival every year. Uh, we write. There are a lot of opportunities. I think for for children to interact with. With authors, um, yeah, it's true. I mean, I'm just thinking back when I was at secondary school, we didn't, we, I, I don't blame them, but we didn't have anyone coming into our school, yeah. and yet now a lot of the writers that I've spoken to over the years that's part of what they see as the job, you know, we, that they go in. And I mean, we think it's really important in, in terms of inspiring kids to write themselves because I think it does demystify. I think if you see someone talking about their book and you realize that they're just a, just a woman. Just a man, you know. But I, th I think, I think, perhaps when I was young, I, you know, a writer. You know, I, I'm not even sure that I knew books were written by someone. Where books came from, you know. So I think it's quite an interesting. You know, I, th I think that humanising, um, putting a face on a, a writer thing works very well. So, yeah. I can remember um, going, actually, being taken to Stirling University when I was in maybe about fifth year at school to see. Callum Dougal was doing a reading, oh. and that was a big moment for me because I went, oh, he sounds like me, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. a writer, which again, yeah, it was yeah. a big step to can do that, yes. I think if you can get people to realise that, you know, yeah. it's an important thing. A lot of the children's events we have as well are pretty interactive as well, so it doesn't it doesn't tend to be so much uh, like a like the grown-up events where it, it does tend to be someone reading from the book, and yeah. taking, although they'll take questions, um, a lot of the children's authors come, come with a sort of... Um, uh, workshopping approach so a, a lot of it will be to do with illustration writing their own stories where do you get a character from how important is a, a place a location thinking about you know uh, lots of different aspects of how a book's put together so and um, you mentioned a few um, things which are on this year do you have any other highlights that you went to things that i'm looking forward to yeah. i've just read uh, gail honeyman's book right. eleanor oliphant is okay. completely fine yeah i've not read it well i have to say i wouldn't i don't think it's something i would have uh, picked up it didn't really look like my kind of thing at all uh, she's come to the festival and um a few people i know had read it and said it's really brilliant and i have to say it really is so heartily recommend it. It's a set in Glasgow, um, a really interesting character, so a, a woman who is simultaneously quite sad and very, very funny, which I thought was really a difficult thing to pull off, and she pulls it off really, really well. Uh, so Gail's coming with uh, Sarah Winman, the uh, author of Tin Men, mm -hmm. uh, comes to so very much looking forward to that. 
Um, and I am looking forward to Chris Bonington actually. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. yeah. So he, uh, as I say, uh, did uh, Winter Words a few years ago before I worked, programmed a festival. Since then, he's published this autobiography uh, called Ascent. Uh, so he's one of our big names at Tramway. Um, very much looking forward to meeting him. Some of the debut events this year are really uh, interesting. So we started a couple of years ago um, a strand called I Write Introduces, where I have established writers introducing a pair of debuts. Um, I saw you talk to David Keenan. He was one of the yeah. debuts last year. Fantastic. Uh, terrific book. Uh, so this year we've got uh, Denise Minor. John McGregor, who was uh, shortlisted for the Booker, Louise Welsh, uh, and Lynn Anderson, the crime writer. Mm -hmm. So the four of them have all got um, pairs of, of debut um, writers coming. Uh, I think just a fascinating array of different things. So I think these events are really good because a lot of people think, oh, there's no one new out there, there's no new writers coming through, and this, these events really show that. Yeah, they're I mean, they're, they're difficult for festivals to do because they don't draw big audiences, yeah. so they don't. They, they often don't pay for themselves and don't, you know, but I, I sort of don't care about that. Yeah. I sort of think it's really important that these authors get their first chance uh, on a festival and I, as I said earlier on it's amazing how two or three years later you'll see some of these people you know selling loads of books being shortlisted for prizes it's really you know it's really nice to see that uh, so I would urge people to come along and support your debut writers uh, as people like um, Danny Denton and Mick Kitzler together with Denise Weiner, um, uh, Louise has got Imogen Hermes Gow who's just been Long listed for the women's fiction oh, right. prize, a very, very sort of um, hotly anticipated book that, and seems to have been getting amazing reviews. Uh, so there's some really nice stuff in there. So. And yeah, I know the John McGregor's event is Chris McQueer uh, is one of those that's right. Um, who is a fantastic reader. Yeah, so John's John's event is actually two short story writers. Yeah, so it's, yeah. again, we try we try and include some genre fiction. So uh, Lynn's got some crime writers. Uh, Jim Carruth does poetry every year, yeah. so we have some poetry. Uh, this is the second year we've had short story writers. Uh, again, short stories pretty difficult to get onto a, a book festival um, yeah. program because people will tell you they don't really sell and they don't really sell tickets and all. So, what do you do if you're a young writer and your first collection of short stories has come out? There's nowhere to go. So, yeah. yeah. So two Chrises, Chris McQueen and Chris Power. That's it. Um, didn't uh, put them together just because they were called. Two Chrises. If you like your writers, if you like your best Chris. So being involved in, in these festivals, I think you know, festivals seem to have expanded not just book festivals but music festivals, yeah. um, food festivals, all sorts. Yeah. Um, it's, think of a reason for that? Is a different way of, of well, interacting with the culture? I mean, they, they certainly all seem to be in rude health. I mean, the, yeah. the three festivals that I'm involved with this year were all bigger than they were the previous year. And the previous year, were all they were all good. So it wasn't, you know, they're all, they're all growing very nicely. So people are certainly enjoying attending festivals and coming back for more the next year, which is good for me, uh, keep me in a job. Um, <laughs> in terms of why that is, I think um, oh the, uh, there's a lot of talk about how digital our lives are and our culture is and how everyone spends too long looking at screens and watching telly and, and playing video games and not really interacting. So I suppose festivals give you a, a, a live human opportunity to speak to people and listen to ideas and disagree with them and ask questions and talk about it in the pub afterwards and so I, th I think that's quite an important um, 
driver of getting people along to festival. Does, people seem to just genuinely like being in a room with someone that yeah. they like, whether it's a musician or an artist or a, a, a novelist or a poet, uh, and being in that um, being in that space. And also, I think the, the getting the book signed and having a selfie taken with them and having that little moment of contact with the person that you admire. Um, you know, it's, it's certainly something to talk about in work the next day. And see what you do. I think the um, genre of crime is really interesting that way because um, after not reading much crime for a long time, um, after uh, Saraband set up Contraband and I started reviewing some of the books, I started to get really into it. And then mm. I started going to events, and the events were all mob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone seemed to know each other. Yeah. And there was a real sense of, right, this is a, a night out for us. And as you say, you get to talk to the writers, the writers know them. And there's a real yeah. community sense, and people want the books, you know, they want to devour the new books. Yeah. Um, and I think, suppose, if you take that and add it to other areas, then it might be the same thing. Yeah. It's, it, it, it is interesting. It also it makes the books better as well. I think there's people. That, I, I, I mean, I feel sorry for well, not sorry for, but I feel for writers in that you know that they must have this tremendous like. Well, the next one has to be an absolute corker. I mean, where, where do the where do the next lot of ideas come from, and how do you how do you improve on last year's um, part of Bloody Scotland? There's obviously the Michael Vanier Prize. So yes, we just opened the prize this year for for 2018, which is for the best Scottish crime book of the year and it's incredible I mean the standard and, and the, you know the, the 10 the 10 long listed books like, uh, 12 in fact 10 the year before 12 long listed books last year which you know there was a, a, a razor blade of quality between them I mean, how you can divide you know, well that's what I came to realise um, you know after probably having a stereotype about what Scottish crime fiction was and yeah. the title label and all of those things and then just went, well, there's as many different kind of books out there. I mean, the, this, I, this idea that it's all hard drinking, hard men yeah, it's it, it is nonsense. There's, you know, a, a, first of all, a tremendous amount of women writing yeah. uh, all, exactly. all, from all different kinds of backgrounds and all different kinds of uh, lifestyles. Uh, there's historical, there's more literary books, than, I mean, something like Graham McCreed, Burnett's. Um, his body Scotland or something like that. You know, we embraced that as a crime novel, even though it was chocolate for the book around, you know, I think an incredibly impressive literary piece of work. So, I th I, yeah, I think um, every now and then I read uh, things saying, oh, is there too much focus on crime in Scotland? Do we worry about it? You know, do, do we, do we, um, is it focused on to the detriment of other kinds of writing? Yeah. Uh, I, I suppose in the end that sometimes they sell more or they sell a bit more uh, copies. Yes. But, you know, but the quality of the writing is there without a doubt. I think it's very silly to criticise something when, 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 we're, when we're punching above our weight, you know, in such a way. I think it's a, a few years ago now, about a few years ago now, we talked to Karen Campbell, whose yeah, first yeah. three novels yeah. have been crime books, and then she went on to write some um, yeah. fantastic um, literary fiction. But she used to complain about the way that her first three books were marketed. Yeah. That it was very similar. And not the books itself, but the way... But that's nothing to do with yeah. the quality of the writing. I, I know Karen a little bit, and I, I think she was right. And I, I think she never felt like a crime writer, really. Mm. And I think that, uh, 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 although, although she was a, a policewoman, she yeah. was a, a former policewoman, and the, the, the character in the book, you know, it, it could have been seen as quite an autobiographical sort of, yeah, sort of yeah. novel. But I think she was trying to use her life experience to look at a, an interesting area of human emotion and experience in a in a way I think that she felt it wasn't uh, 
But of course the publisher sold it that way. You, yeah. Of course, if you've got um, a former police woman writing a, a crime novel about a former police woman, you're going to sell it that way. So uh, I could see both sides of that argument. I could sure. see why it was sold that way. I think she probably could as well. I think yeah. she was aware of it. Yeah. I just think it kind of sat, as you say, it maybe just a bit uneasy. Um, so those are some of the highlights of this year's but what about all-time highlights? Have you ever kind of had events where you go, oh my god, it's forever? Okay. I mean, I, yes, if you have heroes, so uh, Armistead Mopper, I, I, I read those Tales of the City books, yes. I devoured them when I was a younger man than I am today, uh, I saw him in Edinburgh a few years ago, that, you know, it was a real special moment to, yeah. to, to sort of meet someone just because I had read the, all the books twice, and, you know. uh, and Paul Auster at the Edinburgh International Book Festival, you know, a novelist that I admire uh, tremendously, and I think Edinburgh had been trying for 15 years or something to get him to come to the festival, and finally uh, he came last year, sold out in two minutes. I didn't get a ticket. <laughs> Fortunately, I know, yeah, a man, know I know a man who knows a man uh, who, who got, got me into that one, but that was great as well. It was just, just fantastic to see. So yeah, I mean, I think you know, that's in the back of my mind when I'm programming the festivals, where you, you always want to get you know, a, a, a few heroes and heroines in there, a few people where you think, who's, who's going to you know, I suppose people like Chris Boynton is an example. Yeah. So, you know, Graham Obrey as well. Graham Obrey. So you see already on Twitter, people say, absolute legend, can't wait to come call him. Really fascinating guy. Met him up in uh, Pitmockley as well. You know, absolute quality assured uh, come to the event. Um, someone like Helen Pinecrust as well. You know, tremendous, you know, tremendous history there. Tremendous uh, lineage from his family. Uh, very well timed, obviously that's why the book's coming out this year, but some of that. So I, th I think it's always really nice to look, at, look for these kind of um, inspirational moments. We've got a centenarian coming, we've got um, there's a book called The Century Girls, written by Tessa Dunlop, uh, which focuses on the lives of six um, centenarian women. So it's women who've been alive for the hundred years uh, since uh, some women got the vote. Uh, and one of the women is called Phyllis uh, from Edinburgh, and she's going to be at the event. So we've got a oh, hundred-year-old, hundred-nod-year-old uh, Phyllis coming over from Edinburgh for, for the event. So I think that, that kind of, you know, you want those little moments of magic at the festival. Of course you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, moving on a little bit from my right, often um, you know you see on social media or whatever what people are up to. But this year, your name has come up in a relationship to men and kilts. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes, my literary thing. masterpiece. Yes. My literary. Everyone's got a magnum opus. Uh, they say everyone's got a book in them, and I spend all this time uh, hanging around with authors. So I thought, you know, you know what? Very positive on book. Yes, uh, there's no writing in it whatsoever. There's, there's, there's about one paragraph, I think, of of, uh, of text. Uh, but I'm a photographer as well, so uh, in my in my other life, uh, I take photographs, mostly portraiture. I do quite a lot of uh, show photographs, theatre photographs. Um, and uh, I was approached last year with this idea of doing a, a, a book of handsome Scottish fellas uh, in kilts in various locations uh, around. So we published in November last year, 101 Men in Kilts, uh, as a sort of slightly daft Christmas yeah, sure. stocking filler. Um, but it was good, it was really good fun. It got a tremendous amount of press, which Absolutely. I was amazed by. Loads of, uh, loads of papers picked it up. I suppose it was nice and easy. St Andrew's Day and then into Christmas. So, um, and 
you know, the boys are all pretty easy on the eye, so there's some some uh, some nice uh, picture stories around in the papers, and we got on the telly, we did a, 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 an interview on STV. <laughs> uh, so it was all bit funny, but I feel completely weird being on the other side of that yeah. author equation. I don't, obviously, don't feel like an author at all. Um, although it is quite nice, it's quite nice having your name on a book on a, on a bookshelf. I'll, I'll say that much. Absolutely. Well, I mean, as well as you know, um, doing festivals and. Uh, uh, you were in publishing as well. Yeah, so uh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, really, my, my the bulk of my career in books was, was working in publishing in a variety of different roles as well. So uh, I was a sales rep uh, up in Scotland, so I sold uh, books for Headline, then went to London and worked as an accounts manager. So I worked as a key accounts manager um, with, uh, so I was selling into Waterstones, W. Smith, and a very, very young Amazon. So when Amazon right, okay. had just started, no one really believed yeah. in them, and it was quite interesting at the time because that I'm talking talking about 14 or 15 years ago wow. now, uh, so they really were quite small and they were losing money and everyone was saying oh, this is going to go nowhere and also they were one of a number of other yeah. internet so there was Ball and Be Well and you know there, yes. were, there were other people who were trying to any, any one of them could have, could have gone big but I, I will say uh, going into Amazon at the time you, you, there was this incredible confidence incredible you know it was almost like going into a cult like, kind of, you know everyone spoke about Amazon you know as this, you know, huge thing yeah, that was coming down there. the line, and you know, there we are. So yeah, uh, and then after that, I moved back to Scotland uh, and set up Hachette Scotland. So we had a, a publishing a commissioning base in mm-hmm. Scotland, which was really interesting. So that was uh, eight or nine years that I did that. I published people like Robert Douglas, Gary Moffat, crime writer Sue Lawrence, the mm-hmm. uh, Scottish chef Alan Bissett, who you know. Um, so that was a really nice, uh, a nice period of my, uh, of my working life, uh, spending time working with Scottish authors, discovering new names, trying to get people a leg up onto a kind of a slightly higher level of, of, uh, of sales. But the financial crash came, and uh, basically, I said, uh, rationalised its business and got rid of the stuff they didn't need. And yeah. sadly, sadly, Scotland was uh, something they didn't they need. They didn't so, need. Yeah. So, so I was made redundant in uh, 2011, and since then I've been. Festival guy. So you've still been getting these authors in there, but just the festival. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's actually been really nice. So a lot of people have uh, reappeared over the years. So Gary Moffat, the crime writer that we published at Hachette, Scotland, came to Bloody Scotland last year. Yeah. He's gone to a digital only publisher uh, to publish his new novel. So he's, you know, again, a very modern story of sure. publishing. Uh, he's come along. Alan's obviously gone from strength to strength. As a playwright, really. yeah, so absolutely. Not, not, just not, not most recent Moira monologue, <laughs> Moira too. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's it's nice to it's nice to follow these people. And Sue Lawrence, of course, has swapped cooking for uh, crime fiction. So oh, she she's she's uh, writing. Because uh, she was uh, a master chef, master chef winner. Yes, that's right. She's writing crime fiction now. So yeah, so, yeah it's nice to you know what Scotland's like. It's a you know it's a. Uh, Small place. It's a small the, the, the cultural community is, you know, very small. You tend to come across the same people uh, again and again. So, well, just to finish off, how do you how do you now view the state of Scottish culture in that way? I mean, not that the word consumes a horrible thing to do, but the way that people are interacting with it. I mean, I, given the jobs that I do, I feel that it's very lively. I mean, there's a lot. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm surrounded by constantly surrounded by interesting writers, interesting people. Uh, as I say, whether that's poets or musicians who are mm-hmm. songwriters who are also writing novels or filmmakers who are also writing novels, or, you know. So, I, I, I mean, to me, Scottish culture feels pretty alive. I know there's, you know, much 
uh, there's been a lot of uh, concern about funding this year, various different yeah. things. Look at what's happening in Scottish Youth Theatre just now, you know, that's, you know, a terribly sad story. They're, 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 you know, it's obviously, there are obviously uh, difficult days ahead for, for some organisations, but I don't think the, the, the basic... Uh, uh, Inspiration is missing. I don't think yeah. the, the desire to create uh, yeah, good culture. I think the will missing. of the people who are involved yeah. is still there, yeah. and you know we'll find a way to you know get yeah. whatever they are doing out there. And I suppose yeah. um, one of the things you try to do, and hopefully I'm trying to do, is, is to let people know that it's actually out there. Yeah. Well, come well, and participate in it. That's the thing. Yeah, go, absolutely. Go and see things. Go to the, you know, I'm a wee bit of a cult to go, you know, I enjoy going to the theatre. I enjoy going to the cinema. I enjoy going to see bands. Um, I go to a lot of book events, obviously, because of what I do. But I think, you know, you need to. Yeah, I know. It's still. I mean, there's. Just interested in the telly. You know, the, <laughs> the um, with the kind of rise of the kind of smaller festival and even the larger festivals, and you're saying that. All of the ones that you look in that are growing, then the, the, the will is out there and the desire to kind of interact with people who are making this music or read books or whatever is there. Absolutely. Perfect place to finish. Thanks Smash very it. much for Thanks a lot. Thanks for Cheers. Enjoyed we'll, it a lot. We'll be back soon with someone completely different.